0: We are doing a series on the life of Jesus called "It Letting People See Jesus, and we're getting to the miracle bit, which is the exciting bit. Today, we're looking at the first miracle he ever did. In fact, in John chapter 2 and verse 11, it says, This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee, and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. The very first miracle Jesus ever did was this one we're going to look at today, and we know about Jesus as the man who did miracles, and I think the first miracle he ever did is significant, but it's very unusual, a very unusual miracle. If I was writing the story of Jesus and I was making it up out of my head, this would not be the first miracle that I got Jesus to do, and yet the Bible records it accurately as the first thing Jesus ever did, and it's a amazing. It's very surprising for several reasons, which I'm going to look at today. But let me just read you the story. It says, on the third day, there was a wedding in Cana, Of Galilee. This is where Jesus and his family are from, is this region of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Many people believe that Jesus' mother was a relative and involved somehow in organizing the wedding. She was um, somehow responsible for it, which is why she was concerned there was no wine. And it says, verse 2, now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. So it was probably a family member or a close friend of the family. And you can imagine the scene, a family wedding in um, Israel weddings were a big celebration, they went on many days, and it was a happy event, a relaxed event, Jesus is there with his family and friends, and his disciples have come along as well, because his disciples, some of them were family members of Jesus as well, so it's a very much a, an informal, family, relaxed let your hair down, just have fun type event where everybody's rejoicing. Jesus, you can imagine, is rejoicing as well, sitting there chatting to people, laughing, enjoying. There's probably a bit of dancing going on, and Jesus is dancing as well. There's a happy event. And in verse 4, Jesus uh, sorry, verse three, and they ran out of wine, which is a terrible disaster. Wine is important at a wedding, and because jesus mum was involved in organizing it somehow part of the part of the event, she was very concerned about this and the mother of Jesus came and said to him, "They have no wine." Verse 4, Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. This is very much a family event. Again, if I was writing the Bible, I would have made Jesus say things in a a very proper, posh way. Oh, thou hast not beseeched me correctly, my mother. But he says, woman, what's it got to do with me? It's very much a family event. It's just like... At home, there's a disaster. Honor, oh, the toaster's broken. Please, can you fix it, son? Oh, mom. That's what it's like. Jesus said, What's it got to do with me? My time has not yet come. Very significant that. My time has not yet come. What is that all about? You see, some people think that Mary came to Jesus because she knew that he was just this miracle worker who just, you know, fixed things around the house. <laughs> oh, well, we, we haven't, we've run out of bread. Jesus just makes some bread, ding, and bread pops up in the bread bin. No. He said, my time has not yet come. It says this was the first miracle he'd ever done. Jesus had never done a miracle before. Just let that sink into your mind for a bit. What's going on here? Why does Mary think that Jesus can help? I mean, it's obvious she's asking for a miracle here. She says, they've got no more wine. Help us. And Jesus says, my time hasn't come yet. Just let your mind think about that for a sec, because I'm going to go into it a little bit more a little bit later on. Why did Mary think Jesus would do a miracle here and now? Verse 5, again, very normal family life. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. <laughs> she's flustered, she's bothered, they've run out of wine, she's responsible, she's looking bad. He says, she says, Jesus, just do a miracle. He says, no, Mom? She says to the servants, whatever he says, do it. And she runs out of the room. Can you picture the sin? Very normal family life. Not, oh, thou art holy with my special robes on. Oh, just normal life. Family, everyday life. I love it. I love the fact that this is the first miracle Jesus ever did. Because it's very relevant to you and I. So Jesus' mother says to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Verse 6. Now there were six Set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. So there's these big water containers there. Jesus says to the servants, fill the water pots with water. They do it. And in verse 8, And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. Now these servants must have felt very nervous. They've just filled these water pots with water and They're stressed because there's no wine. They know there's pressure. Oh, no, what are we going to do? There's no wine. And now Jesus is telling them to take water out of the water pots and go to the master of the feast with water. I mean, you can imagine. They think, oh, we're going to get hit or fired or shouted at or something because they're needing wine and we're taking glasses of water to them. Oh, not good. Not a good scene. But they did it. Jesus must have been quite persuasive, quite... um, Authoritative. He must have said, right, water, take it to the master of the feast. Okay, and they take it, and they go to the master of the feast. He tastes it, and it's the best wine he's ever tasted. Amazing wine. Miraculous. Something miraculous has happened here. When the master of the feast, verse 9, had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom, and he said to him, Usually at the beginning, everyone sets out the good wine. And then when the guests are drunk, he brings out the rubbish wine. I'm just putting my own words in here. You've kept the best wine till now. And then verse 11 says, This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Why was this the first miracle? And what can we learn about this? There's some wonderful lessons here for you and me. Wonderful. Something really significant that we can learn about Jesus and about our life. So let's just pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for your glory that you revealed, that you started to shine out of you. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us today. All of us. To learn from you. To see you at this wedding and then for it to change my life and my friends' lives today. In Jesus' name. Amen. The first thing is that it says he revealed his glory, he manifested his glory. This is talking about the fact that Jesus, when you looked at him, he was just a flesh and blood man. The Old Testament says there was nothing about his appearance that would have drawn us to him. Some people think Jesus was this especially good looking person and when he walked down the street you just knew this was the son of God. That's not true. The Bible says he looked normal. He was a jar of clay just like us, an earthen vessel, just humanity on the outside, but there was glory, there was something supernatural on the inside. Why is that important? Because the Bible says that you and me, if we believe in Jesus, are exactly the same. We're an earthen vessel, we're just normal human on the outside, but on the inside of us, there's glory, there's something supernatural. The Bible talks about it as a treasure in a jar of clay. Let me just read you this little passage from um, 2 Corinthians. It says, For it is God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. And we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. So what the Bible is saying is that you have the same glory. The light of the glory of the face of Christ is in you. Just as it was in Jesus. But Jesus walked around. People didn't know he was amazing. But here he did a miracle and it's almost like there was a little crack in that earthen jar and the glory started shining out. Friends, you have the same glory in you and you can do the same things Jesus did. In fact, we're going to see later on, the Bible says you can do greater things than Jesus did. We study the life of Jesus, not because he's only our idol and role model and wow, we want to be like him. Because we are like him. The Bible says, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. Isn't that amazing? The same glory that was in him is in us. The same things he did, we can do. He was just an earthen vessel with God's power inside of him. So are you. Wow. So why is this an unusual miracle? First of all, the the setting. A wedding, a party, wine. This is the first reason I think this is an unusual miracle. Because Jesus did it at a party. He did it at a normal event, a family event, a place where people were drinking wine, where they were celebrating, getting married. It was normal, everyday life. It's unusual for that reason. If I was designing the Bible and saying what would Jesus first miracle be, it would have been in a holy place at the temple with lots of ministers and priests and other people around him and the leaders and he would have done something really spiritual and religious and significant and maybe raised someone from the dead and the glory of God and the cloud of God would have come and it would have been so holy and sanctified but this was a normal everyday event. What about you? Do you think that God can only work if you are a holy, special, set apart person in a special service where there's special funny music going on and a holy man of God has come to your house? Or do you realize that in everyday life, miracles can happen? When you're dressed in your pajamas and you haven't, you know, brushed your teeth. And you got up late and you're just around the house and it's a mess and the kids are making a noise and it's a stressful day. That's when God can do miracles. When he wants to do miracles. When you're in your workplace. When you're driving your car. When you're in normal everyday circumstances. And if you're a normal everyday person, God wants to do miracles in your life. You see, we get this glazed religious Thing that comes over us sometimes we think, oh, I've got to be spiritual. I've got to act spiritual. I got to. It's got to be a special, different thing. No, everyday life, earthy, normal, gritty life. That's when God breaks through. When He wants to break through. That's the first reason. This is an amazing miracle. It was in an everyday, normal circumstance. Number two, the second reason this is an unusual miracle is Jesus' reluctance. And Mary's approach. Jesus says, no. No. And Mary pushes him. She says, come on. In fact, she just says to the servants, whatever he says, just do it. She just, she's like a mom. She just says, come on. Come on, Jesus. Get this done. Take the trash out. Clean your shoes, whatever it is. Come on, just do it. It's unusual... Because Jesus said, what's that got to do with me? And Mary pressed in. She pushed and she made it happen. (coughs) You know, we sometimes have an idea that a miracle has to be something that God initiates. (laughs) I have to hear a special voice in my heart and I have to get a funny leading feeling and And then God will do the miracle do you ever do you have that i 'm not going to pr- we sometimes think i 'm not going to pray for this for healing or for this miracle or for this because i haven 't felt prompted or led of the Lord yet. Do you ever have that i haven 't felt led of the Lord to pray for my my child 's runny nose to be healed or for my headache to go away or for this financial need to be met in my family. I haven't felt the prompting of the Lord, therefore I'm not going to pray for this. This miracle shows a different side. Do you remember the story of the lady? She wasn't even an Israelite, she wasn't a Jew. She was a Syro-Phoenician woman, which means she was from a nearby country. And she came to Jesus and she said, Lord, my child is demonized. Please would you heal her? And it says Jesus ignored her. And then she pushed even more. And Jesus said, I was sent only to the Jews. And she pushed even more. He said, is it right to take the children's bread and give it to dogs? And she pushed even more. And he said, your faith has healed your daughter. Wow. What's this all about? There's something about a gutsiness of faith that says, I know God is good. I know God's will, and I know that in Jesus All the promises of God are yes and amen, and I'm going to press into this. Even if the circumstances seem to say no, even if I'm not getting a prompting from the Lord, even if I'm not feeling led, even if other Christians are saying hush, hush, even if it seems the Lord is silent and saying no and maybe even calling me a dog, (laughs) I'm going to press in because I know Jesus is good. And the answers are in him. And he wants to help. And this is just, I need to press through. The lady with the issue of blood, she's been bleeding for years and years and years. And she pushes through the crowd to touch Jesus. The leper, who is not allowed to come into public places because he's full of leprosy. He pushes in. He comes into the place where he's not supposed to be. And he finds Jesus. Real faith pushes in and says, I'm, I'm going to Get this from the Lord. Because I know He wants it really. I know He's good. All the promises God are in there. This reluctant faith, it's a shrinking back faith that says, I'll wait. And maybe that's not right. Maybe that promise isn't for me. Maybe I'll need a special word from the Lord before I, I do this. Before no, no, that's not the faith of the Bible. Hebrews ten and eleven says we don't shrink back because God's not pleased when we shrink back. We're bold. We can learn from Mary. She just pushes in. She says, I know you're good. I know you can do miracles. I know you want to do miracles. And I'm going I'm to get this done. It's not a great healing. It's not a raising from the dead. It's not a religious miracle. It's wine because I'm embarrassed at a wedding. But I'm going to push in for this. It's not spiritual, religious. It has no other purpose other than I'll look bad and my family will look bad if we run out of wine. And she pushes in. There's a lesson there, friends. There's a lesson about having a faith that pushes in and says, yes, I know God wants to help me. I wonder if you have that. Or if you're a shy Christian. Oh, well, if the Lord wants it, he'll reveal it to me. No, he's revealed it already. And I'm going to show you later that it comes out of his word and not out of feelings in our heart. And then the last and the third reason why this was an unusual miracle is that he'd never done one before. He'd never done one before. Why does Mary think Jesus can do miracles? (laughs) Why? He's never done a miracle before. she 's grown up with him she 's watched him grow from a little baby, naughty, snotty nose, pooey nappy baby she 's watched him graze his knee, do funny things, learn to walk and talk She's watch, she knows he 's just a little baby grown up into a man, but something says to her, this man can do miracles why? Why does she think that he 'd never done one he 'd never Healed anyone. He'd never miraculously caused provision in their home. He'd never done a single miracle before. The Bible says it. This was his first. This is a huge lesson for you and me, friends. The only reason she believed it was because she and he had been talking about the Old Testament promises and prophecies about Messiah. As he grew up, she and he had discussed the prophecies in Isaiah, Hosea, all the way back to Genesis where it says the the seed of the woman will crush the serpent's head and he will bruise their heel. They've been discussing all the stuff about Messiah. What will Messiah be like? What will he do? Because they knew Jesus was it. Even though no miracles had been done, they knew from what they had been told and what the Old Testament said, Jesus is the Messiah. So they studied the scriptures please get this they had studied the scriptures she had had bible studies with jesus hour upon hour where they'd looked at what is messiah going to be like and they'd understood from the bible what he was going to be like. That's where she got her confidence from. It wasn't from any inner prompting, any voice of the Lord, the fact that he'd done miracles before. She'd never seen a miracle before, other than the fact that she'd given birth as a virgin. But she'd never seen Jesus do a miracle before. But she was convinced from this, and that was enough for her. There is a powerful message in that for us. There is something incredibly strong. Friends, you need to know from God's word that God can do miracles and wants to do miracles. You need to be convinced. You need to get this word in your heart so that you don't need a funny feeling. You don't need a special leading or prompting or you don't need to have faith because you've seen lots of miracles done by other people. You just know what God's will is. He's a good God. He's the God who heals. He's the God who provides. He wants to help. He wants to bless. He wants to do miracles. And that causes such a conviction in your heart that you say, I know what God's will is. I know what God's will is because His Word has told me. (laughs) Mary was huge in faith, she was amazing. She just knew Messiah is going to be able to do miracles. And because of the baptism that had just happened in the Jordan, where John had baptized Jesus and the dove had come down, and now he's got a few disciples around him. He's got four or five disciples, John, Andrew, Peter, a few others have come. She says, right, the time is now. He's just spent 40 days in the wilderness. Okay, we understand it's now the time. Now's the time for the miracles to start. Mary is saying, I'm going to be the one who kicks this thing off bold gutsy faith (laughs) a mom's faith a bossy faith you say Greg are we bossing God around no no we know his will because he's told us his will in the bible and we're just appropriating it we're saying yes lord let's see this happen there's a verse where it says Jesus says you'll do greater miracles than me I just want to look at that for a sec John 14, verse 12, Jesus said, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. Have you ever thought about that? How can I do greater works than Jesus? How is that possible? How can he say that I will do greater works? Is that because I'll be greater than Jesus? That's not the reason, because he'd said elsewhere, he said, a disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who, sent, who is sent greater than he who sent him. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. So why will we do greater works than Jesus? The reason is this. Please get this now. When Jesus came... The devil was still the ruler of the world. (laughs) When Jesus came, he hadn't died to pay for the sins of the world yet. And so the devil was still the ruler of the world. But now, after Jesus' death on the cross, he's won back the victory from the devil. And that's why we can do greater works than he did. Because now, he's seated at the Father. He says, you will ask anything of me and I will do it in my Father's name. There's this whole shift now where Jesus was fighting against all the, the powers of the enemy and he was winning. We now are fighting where all the power of the enemy has been beaten and we can do greater. Plus the, the Holy Spirit has been poured out on all flesh now so we can do greater. Plus we have an advocate in heaven who's fighting on our behalf, Jesus, and has all authority and we're seated with him. That's why we can do greater. So whatever Jesus did, the whole playing field has been opened up and made easier for us to do. Now let me try and make this very practical. The reality is 98% of us as Christians don't see miracles very much. (laughs) We don't. We hardly ever see a miracle. And... We've been so conditioned to think that we won't see miracles that we don't even expect miracles. And when we do need a miracle, we go to find somebody who has done miracles and we ask them to pray for us. Friends, I want to say to you, because of what God's word says, that you and I can be as convinced from the Bible as Mary was. We've got all this available power to us. Jesus has told us we can do it. We've got the same glory inside of us. The only difference is we don't have the faith, really, of Mary. We don't have this conviction on the inside of us that I know what God's will is and I'm going to press through and see it happen. That's the difference. What you and I need to do is we need to get saturated in the word. We need to read it and understand it, and then we need to start stepping out in very normal, practical ways. When I have a need at home, a financial need, I need to rebuke that thing and say, Lord, release your power in this place. When my kids are sick, when I'm sick, when you have a pain in your body, when there's a little thing that goes wrong, we need to start releasing the power of God. We need to start practicing and saying, you know what? The glory that Jesus had is in me. I can do this. I can pray. I can lay hands on my family members and see them healed. And even if it doesn't work the first, the second, or the 50th time, I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep doing what God told me to do. Not because I have a prompting inside or a special goosebump, but because God's word says it. The same glory that was in Jesus is in you and me. The power that Jesus had is in you and in me. And in fact, the doors are open now. The devil's been defeated. We can do it much easier than he could. The difference is we need to have the faith of Mary. Now, I know that many of us will hear this. And we'll think, okay, I'll try it, and then we'll try it once, twice, maybe three, four, five times. And we'll battle, and we'll come up against problems, and we'll give up. And we'll say, oh, well, next time there's a great evangelist in town, I'll ask him to pray for me. Friends, we need to press through. It's the ones who press through who get the answers. It really is. The message of the Bible is there's no super saints. We're all priests. We're a kingdom of priests. We can all do it. God's power is in you. In everyday events, like a wedding. Press in. Press in. Start expecting miracles. Start speaking to situations. Start believing God will do it. And then keep going. Keep persevering. I I promise you, you're going to see results. You're going to see results.